Good morning, very pleased to be here. Today, just want to take us through uh, an overview, as it were, in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, Jesus is very Asian. He eats with people. And in the Gospel, there are a few incidents where Jesus shared bread. At the start of his ministry, when tempted by Satan, Jesus answered him. Jesus answered Satan in Luke 4.4, saying, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. This is in your notes. So though man shall not live by bread alone, man cannot live without bread. So in the Lord's Prayer, we are taught, give us this day our daily bread. So this is our God. He knows us that we will make our hunger our idol, and yet he knows that he will satisfy our hunger. So I will share three times, uh, about three times where Jesus ate with uh, the community. So Luke chapter 9, verse 16. This is on the mountainside. And taking the five loaves and two fish, Jesus, he looked up to heaven, said a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. So Luke chapter 9, on the mountains, spontaneous, unprepared. There's a bit of nervousness because undercated. Luke chapter 22, this is the Lord's Supper. 22 verse 19. Let's read this together, okay? I'm okay and here, all read together. Ready? One, two, three. Pastor Isaac is over there, right? Oh, he's over there. So we have to connect him. They didn't read, they have to semula. <laughs> this is God's word, right? Uh, so this one was prepared, the Lord's Supper. First one was outside, this one was inside. Very formal. First one was quite chaotic. Luke chapter 24. Jesus crucified. Disciples were a bit confused. Where is our God? And they were walking seven miles from Jerusalem on the road to Emmaus. And then Jesus came and walked with these two people. And then had a meal with them. And their hearts were changed. Luke 24, verse 30 to 32. When he, that means Jesus, was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road? while he opened us the scriptures. So in these instances, including, if you go back and read the account in the Gospel of John, where there was one more instance of breaking of bread, Jesus took the bread. He blessed and gave thanks, broke the bread, and gave the bread back to the disciples. Consistently, he did this fall. So my wife and I, uh, I'm 58 years old, still quite young, Worked 10 years as a doctor. In 1996, uh, we uprooted and went to Yunnan in China. Uh, I don't speak Chinese <laughs> at that time. Now I teach medical school in Chinese. I'm from Sigap Secondary School. If you understand Sigap Secondary School, PSLE 200, uh, you are top of the class already. <laughs> Most of my classmates spoke uh, Malay or uh, Tamil or Indian. And... Uh, I always thought I would work in Pakistan. To me, education is a privilege. So I always thought I would work in Pakistan. My wife was then teaching in uh, NTU accountancy. Got a strange sense of humor, sent us to Yunnan. 
speak Chinese. The first time I asked her mother whether she was breastfeeding, I asked her, Okay, all those fear Chinese one, but I translate, new nai guni, new nai milk is to me new nai. And then she told me, wo pusu new. Okay, it's a glorious start to my uh, medical work in Chinese. Okay. Went there with the group of Christians with the idea of caring for the poor, learning again what is poverty. Poverty is very lonely. Okay. And then how do we care for the poor? By sharing knowledge. So we don't give you up for goodie bags. I had a Filipino friend who shared farming knowledge. I had people who shared dental knowledge. And for me, I shared uh, healthcare knowledge. So now I'm with NUS, I'm teaching at NUS, and I ask students, why, why you come uh, to NUS? Most of the time the answer is to get a degree, get a job. Kind of lame, right? I say, you come to develop your mind to grow, to mature, fall in love. And if you have some knowledge, all truth is God's truth. Literature, arts, media, calculus, all truth is God's truth. And you learn something so that you can share your knowledge with someone else who has need of it at that moment. When I was in Yunnan, the one thing I really needed was, for Anton Podesta Frankel, was our Peranakan ladies to come and teach them how to make Yonyakwe. Because it's a, Yunnan is a Thai. Okay, I work in Sichuan Panna, Sipsong Panna. It's a Thai-speaking part of China. Neng Song, Sam Si Hao, any Thai speakers? Sipsong, Sipsong, 12 growing areas. Okay, so it's Sipsong Panna. And they don't like sweet things, they don't like muffins, they don't like cupcakes, they like savory. So, Panna can cake, very good. Missions is defined as you using the talents that you have to connect communities. So, sharing knowledge. How do we share knowledge? In a loving way. All truth is God's truth. The kernel of truth is the gospel. And the gospel has to be shared in a loving way. Not a project, not just something that you participate in. It can be a start. You get trained for Alpha, you go on a mission trip, you reach out to the senior citizens at Amokyo. But you, the passion is to share truth. The problem of the working world is we are fatigued. We just want to get the job done. We're not interested in truth. I saw this picture. This is a supermarket. These are ice cream sticks. Ice cream sticks. And there's a strange sign. Handle with care. Avoid freezing. Why? Uh, if I were in another church, uh, I will break into discussion group now. <laughs> Why? Ice cream sticks. Avoid freezing. Okay, remind me. We'll come back to that. Okay, next. I don't give answers. One. So, Jesus took the bread. He, he never once said, not enough. He never told the kids, not good enough. He never told the disciples, you foul up, you didn't prepare a good job. I asked you to arrange Lord's Supper. You have one traitor, Judas, inside. He never told the disciples on the road, I told you so many times, you're still confused. Okay? He didn't look down on the gift. Whatever was given, Jesus took it. He is God, our Heavenly Father. I come from a poor family, youngest of seven children. My mother never went to school, never learned fractions, never learned calculus. But my father was an odd job 
sometimes earn five dollars a day, sometimes twenty-five dollars, and give my money, my mother at the end of the day, some money for groceries. I never heard my mother complain. Huh? So little. Never. Got five, two dollars buy ikan bilis. Got five dollars kambong. Okay. Got twenty-five dollars buy tenggiri. It's like that. And she never once said it was not enough. Never had fractions, never do calculus, never no Pythagoras theorem. But every meal, whether it's one papaya or one bowl of soup, everybody got one equal share. Amazing, right? God multiplies. Love is powerful. If there is only really enough for eight shares, who is the one who don't eat? Mother. So Jesus will take whatever you and I give. He will bless it. And he gives thanks. And then he breaks it. What you and I give will be tainted. We have mixed motives. Sometimes our egos comes in a way. We are fearful. And Jesus will break it. Our pride, our prejudice, our love for privacy, our presumptions. And Jesus will break it. So calling you to serve God is not always one happy journey. Servants are broken at the foot of the cross. When Yunnan, I used to work with uh, young people with uh, physical disability, deaf, blind, this, uh, those with uh, deformed limbs, polio victims. One of the tenets is sustainability. Get them a job. It's not just enough to teach them a skill. They must get them a job. So one day there was this girl, lovely lady. She finished her bookkeeping course, very diligent, and we arranged for her to get a job. She was in a poor village. So I said, at that time, uh, photocopy machines and uh, fax machines were all coming online. So I told her, I said, we invest, we help you start a business, buy you a photocopy machine, a computer, a desktop, fax machine, and you will be so monopoly in your village, you can earn money. She's good at it. And then she said, do one. I understand. I mean, nobody wants to be in a village. A French poet once says, the, the village is romantic for those who are not obliged to stay in it. <laughs> it's cold, it's dusty, water shortages. I used to have backpackers from the West come and tell me, why are you disturbing? I work with huge tribes. Why are you disturbing them from their pristine culture? I said, what pristine culture? They are... Maternity, maternal mortality rate, that means mothers giving birth and dying is 10 times, 20 times of what you experience in your country. There's no pristine culture. It is tough. So I understood. I said, okay, I know you don't want to work in a village. That's my presumptions. God has to break it. And I said, okay, I move you to the next small town. At that time, to me, it's providential. Singapore Polytechnic came many years ago with 6,000 pairs of spectacles. Okay? And I said, I'll help you get a spectacle. I'll help you start an optical optician, be an optician in a small town. Okay? I teach in anywhere now. Medical school, 80% wear spec, the other 20% wear contact lens. <laughs> the same. <laughs> so I said, Chinese study will give myopic, you will have a good business. So sustainability. When I had this 6,000 pair of spectacles, I could not go to the small town optician and say, sorry, ah, I got 6,000 pair of spectacles, I will give out free. I wipe out his business. Two years later, when somebody needs an optician, he's not there. So the whole idea was to sustain and support local business so as to create employment. Now, those of us who are in any working career now, 
you stay in the career so that you support the business to employ well and connect with your team. So this optician agreed. I said, I give you 6,000 pair of specs. We have a deal. When I send you a needy student, 20-30% discount, and I'll send you interns. She was very happy. But this girl wasn't happy. She said, the one. I was getting irritated. I was busy at the cleaning. I said, hey, come on now. You're, you're choosy about job or what? You know, that's what we like to say every generation. Every generation tell their generation, you are soft, you are weak, you are strawberry, you are don't know what. Don't label people. Don't. So I thought she really gave up on rural life. She, like everybody else, wanted to come into the city to look pretty. So I was quite nasty with her. I said, stop it. Get the job. And then she told me, I want to work with children and orphans. I was quite irritated. I said, huh? Children and orphans? Yours is a bookkeeping diploma. You don't have the qualification. You never do childhood education. You never do nursing. What do you want to do this? Why you mafan you know? I said, you don't have the qualification. She has one arm. It was quite cold. She was wearing a red jacket, remember? The arm, the sleeve was armless. She swung her sleeve at me and hit me. And said, Chen Heeson, this is my qualification. She said, I've been abandoned from young. I have cried myself to sleep many times. I know what is it to be lonely. I want to be in childcare. See, when we go out and serve, in the end, God breaks us. Whatever we give to Him, our skills, our talent, the years of experiences, God will take it. Give thanks. He never said it's not enough. Breaks it. So John Wesley was the one who said, save all you can. Earn all you can. Save all you can. Give all you can. It is this verse that says the same bread, that their hearts were strangely warm. The same bread is now given back to us. Broken, very much changed because the gospel is in our hearts. Because we have walked with Jesus and He has been with us. One day when we came back from Yunnan, uh, my, my kids grew up in Yunnan. I asked my daughter, when I put her in a primary school for a week, that was 20 years ago, I asked her what's the difference between the primary school here and the primary school in China. China primary school, 70 students a class. Whole day study, four hours of homework. One of the reasons why we brought them back at Sec 3, Sec 4, I told her, I cannot let you study so hard. Come back to Singapore, school half day any. Because <laughs> CCA teachers love you. Teachers don't take your school book and throw out the window. It's tough here, but it's tougher there. So she came back. She says, Dad, two things, no? That time, uh, Singapore school got tough club. Trim and fit. Poor thing, no, those students recess time cannot read, must run right around the basketball court. So she was full of compassion, she went to join them. Then she asked the kids, You cannot eat recess time, what happened? Ah? Go home, eat more. <laughs> so she said, It doesn't work, no, Dad. Did the teachers know? <laughs> then she said, Somehow the children here don't laugh, or they laugh less than children over there. It's scary, you know. This is a girl telling me, I say, and she just described. She said, because in China, though the teachers are very strict, the class is very noisy. I ever went to a class and they were playing marbles on the floor, all kinds of people jumping, and I asked the teacher, why so, why so no, noisy? 
The teacher looked at me because I'm not teaching. <laughs> Children must talk. <laughs> and when she wants to teach, and everybody keep quiet. Then my daughter told me, they don't understand that children must talk. So they asked us to go inside the assembly hall for silent reading. Uh, who wants to do that, Papa? <laughs> because in Singapore, I learned Chinese uh, uh, this way. We are interested in Chen Gong, we are not interested in Chen Zhang. You know, these two Chinese words, Chen Gong is success, Chen Zhang is growth. We equate Chen Gong to Chen Zhang, we equate success to growth, not necessary. Growth often comes with success, but not necessary. As Christian parents, I plead with you, look at the development of your children. Chen Zhang is far important. Fathers, fathers establish very good ties with your kids. Cannot bring them to tuition on a Sunday. Inside, they've been chow chow trying to study Chinese. You outside reading newspaper. And the kid will look, look, look. One day I'll be like that. I also read newspaper. It's fake. Right? It's much better. They say this year PSLE is so important that every Sunday after church we go to the beach, we play, play, play. At the end of the day, sunset, take picture, I hug you. I son, I love you. PSLE quite tough. Can you try a little bit harder? And the son will say, yeah, maybe I try harder. It's much cheaper and it works. Singapore is the only country where women leave their job because of PSLE this year. <laughs> PSLE is important, but it's not the most important thing in life. Character is. So how do we build character? So I tell my son, you must learn calculus, you must learn math. He didn't like it. This one, sacrilegious, but I will say it. I said, you must learn calculus, dy by dx, integration, no water coming inside, the cone come out. He says, dad, no use, I want to be an art student. I said, but it teach you about marriage. He said, huh, what do you mean? I said, next time marriage, your dear wife asks you something to do, also no use, but we better do. <laughs> Learn it. And my wife said, what things are you teaching your son? Chen Gong, not Chen Zhang. So typically, if uh, Teacher's Day coming, if your son and your daughter come back and say, Mom, I want to bake cake huh, for, my pet, for my teachers for Teacher's Day. You know what are some of the common reactions I hear? Huh? Bake cake, poor teacher. <laughs> no, no, you got no time. I will buy. I, I buy for you. When the right response is, Oh, yeah. Can you call a few friends? Come, we bake together. Let the teacher suffer the sour cake, but it's okay. <laughs> I have this struggle. We always say a spotless kitchen is a sign of a wasted life. The kitchen is not meant to be spotless. The home is not meant to be spotless. It's meant to be clean, tidy, functional, safe. But the whole idea is we want to do it. Okay, so you cannot do it. You really have this idea that your kitchen must be stainless steel and very fair. God makes all of us different. Chen Gong Chen Chang. Design your holidays differently. Don't bring your kids to far away place. Frankly, I was at a Methodist church camp, drove four hours to a five-star hotel in Malacca. Okay, question. Uh, you drive to Malacca, reach the five-star hotel. What's the first thing you look for? What's the first thing you look for? Okay, so it's a generational issue. Okay, <laughs> senior people look for toilet. <laughs> Young people look for Wi-Fi. Okay. Uh, one is bladder, one is connection. So there was this boy, lovely boy, he was bouncing his football at the podium. Bam, 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 of a five-star hotel. Then got scolding by the father. Behave yourself. We you knock something? And he'd been chow chow already. You know what he's thinking? When I grow up, I don't want to go to church camp. But boys should bounce a ball. Huh? 
if a boy hold the ball and don't bounce, he should be sent for counseling, you know. <laughs> so I, I asked him, I said, why didn't we camp in a felda, in a chalet style, no aircon? Ah, yeah, hot, nah. mosquitoes. You know the kids don't mind, we mind. So I've last time organized uh, camps with, with my children and their cousin. We Okay, we don't do dirty each other's house with in-law quarrel, oh, never mind. So hire a chalet. In the chalet, all the boy cousins and all the girl cousins, 7 to 15 years old. Okay, lunchtime, the $50, you go to Changi Market and buy. $50, the girls go and buy. Boys cook lunch, girls cook dinner, mums and maids out of the kitchen. Only job is to come back and eat. You know they love the holiday? It's memorable. They connect. We always say that it's important for our kids to fail, but I don't want my kids to fail at exams. It's too crucial. Fail at cooking is okay. <laughs> Burn toast is alright. Hmm. So we redesign our church camp, our holiday. When we have our church camp in Malaysia, it's the same thing as when we go for overseas trip. I think it's, it's obnoxious when we go to a country in Asia for a vacation because it's cheap, good to eat, good to shop. And then you learn nothing of his culture, of his people, of his history. I see it now at NUS when they go for their first trip, uh, grad trip or post uh, uh, gap trip. They go there to this country. Why? Because cheap, ma, short, ma, eat. Ma. Where did they get this from? From us. And we need to repent. When I bring my kids to Sumatra, when I bring my kids to Korea, when I bring my kids to Bangkok, we are there to learn about. I mean, the culture, the food. We have to be educators in our family. Otherwise, we are consumerists. And we are consumerists in our holidays. We are consumerists in our education. Go to the school to get the best out of it. We are consumerists in our church. And we bring the same attitude along. But we are there to learn. You learn best when you serve. You serve best when you learn. If you go for 20 mission trip and then like that snapshot one, you are not learning. Brother, I will say, hey, maybe slow down. Serve, learn, serve, learn. So we're not just interested in success, we're interested in growth. One day, I was reading news, came back for a vacation, reading newspaper, Straits Times, because China got no Straits Times, staying with my mother-in-law. And my daughter came out her hand with some green beans. And she was helping grandmother to, to cook green beans. And then she came to me, she said, Papa, Popo asked me to throw these green beans away. I said, wow, this one, tension, man. I'm a guest here. Huh? If Popo asks you to throw, you throw. I have no authority. This one, mother-in-law house. Basically, I wanted to read my newspaper. And then, I said, yeah, I know. Amber, throw now because got twigs, got sand, there's stones. And then she said, Papa, you're not listening. She's correct. <laughs> These are not sand, stones, and twigs. We threw that away. These are beans. Just that these beans are crooked or not bean-shaped. They just don't look like beans. And Papa say, throw away. I think it's wasted. So I said, what do you want me to do? I, in this house, I'm under authority. Huh? <laughs> I said, no choice, no. Papa asked you to throw, you throw. Nah. I went back to reading my newspaper. She walked around the table twice and came back. Papa, if I take these beans and planted them, when the beans grow and the flowers sprout, you know she grew up in a farm environment, Will the beans that come out be crooked and lousy shape? I have to put down my newspaper. This teaching moment. 
I said, Amber, if someday Papa had an unfortunate accident and one leg amputated, will your brother come out with one leg or two legs? <laughs> she said, Papa, we have two legs. I said, yes. Do you understand? Then she said, yeah, Daddy, that's what I'm trying to tell you. We cannot throw this away. We must plant them. God multiplies. Whatever we bring to God, misshapen, crooked, He doesn't throw away. All I learned is good-looking beans get cooked. We serve, we learn. Learn to be with our youth. We are fighting a huge battle. If you excuse me, after this, usually after Sunday, I will meet some youth for lunch. So after this, I will have to go back to my youth group. Generally, in most churches, men don't teach Sunday school. Repent. (laughs) You know, God, if you take an average... So if you do a survey uh, of all the men, ask them on the scale of 1 to 10, how good are you a driver? Most men will rate themselves, rate themselves 7, 8 or 9. Uh, above average. Uh. But statistically, cannot know. <laughs> because if everybody rates 7, 8, 9, then you're also average. Uh. Some of us are Ferrari drivers. Some of us just chokang drive. Some of us are bad drivers. But God never called you, hey, 18 years old, go and take a driving license. Uh. No, we all do it. What? Same for Sunday school teaching. We have to be with our youth. The men have to step up. What do I do? I'm not gifted in teaching youth, right? I don't have Instagram. I don't know the password to my handphone. I don't have whatever, you know. Each Sunday, especially the start of the term, I go up. Bethesda Franklin is a nice church. I go up to the youth, shake their hand. Hello, Ethan. I'm very glad to see you. Every time I see them, Hello Matthew, I'm really glad to see you. Hello James, it's very nice to see you. After a while, they'll come back to me. Uncle Ayong, why are you, it's nice to see me. Ah. <laughs> I said, yeah. I mean, in my mind, you are God's creation. Ah. No, nobody told me that he's happy to see me before, you know. I said, what do you mean? Nobody. And these are good Christian homes. Did I do something right? Did I do something... What did I do? I said, no. I'm happy to see you. There was once when uh, a young social worker asked me, can you go with me to visit some rental flats? And I went. In this rental flat, eight adults, six teenagers. None of them same father. It was chaotic. So anyway, I was organizing a camp. One of my camps is always got cooking one, Okay, few cooking. And I asked him, come with me to Pulau Hantu. We go. And then I said, sign consent form. They shock. Consent form. Who to sign? We don't know who to sign. No? None of these people are our father or mother. And very, very embarrassing. I said, okay, never mind. So we went to Pulau Hantu at 4 p.m. Blow whistle. Everybody come out. You know, Time to cook your dinner. So these three teenagers from Broken Homes came up to me and said, Uncle Ayong, we, we never come to this kind of place before. Can we play on the beach? I said, sure, you can play on the beach. So I stayed back to look after them. They played on the beach. I, I read the book lah, and watched them. Uh, the current moved, the tides move, they move, I move. So 6 o'clock, I said, okay, okay, guys, let's go back, let's go back. And then one of them came to me, Dr. Tan, what were you doing just now? I said, what do you mean I was doing? Oh, when we were playing on the beach, what were you doing just now? I said, I was watching over you lah. 
you know, tears came to this teenager's eyes. He said, since I was five years old, nobody watched over me. You are the first one. Thank you. In my mind, I was just reading my novel, sitting on the beach, make sure they don't get swept away. We have to be there. We have to be there for our young children. I mean, I took a picture of a swimming pool and a gym yesterday at a club. Again, we send our kids to swim. This is better than tuition. Huh? And then everybody tell the kids, must swim, huh? Uh, swim and fit. Huh? And then everybody, the parents sit by the side, eating fish and chips. <laughs> you know, it's both pee, you know. <laughs> I say, get out of it. And then you ask them why? Hot, na, tired. Na. We really need to model the Christian life. Our young people are leaving the church because of two things. They say it's not relevant, it's not authentic. You are saying, is it true or not? They say, we're not talking about truth. We agree that it can be true, but it's not relevant and not authentic. And they challenge us that way. I've given myself a very hard topic. CCMC, Covenant Community Medicine Church, asked me to do a parent, a father's night. And the fathers are my peers. I said, what can I tell you that you don't know? So Joseph and I prayed about it and we gave ourselves this title. I said, die, die, die. How can I do? It's dialogue to monologue to no log. <laughs> Diminishing conversations in our home. Okay, so pray for me. It's going to be no log. I don't know what to say. It is tough. We face these issues. And I find that for me, when I go camping, I go camping with my kids every year. My son is like any other son. How's your day? Okay, now. How was school? Uh, the teacher sucks. Uh, what do you learn? Why you ask so much? Uh? <laughs> he don't say the teacher sucks. Okay? To me, that's a swear word. Huh? Then you sit down and they'll tell you the good side. When I go camping, when I build a fire, he tells me other things. And then he responds in a very challenging way. In a long WhatsApp message to me, he basically said, Dad, Surely you can do better than that. Full exclamation mark sent back to me. I discussed with my wife. I said, if I told this to my dad, my dad would slap me. <laughs> but he was right. So we have to work with them. We have to pray and fall on our knees and bring them back to the church and set them to do God's work. But we are hung out on success. We are the generation where we have resources by God's blessing. But instead of using our resources to invest in Chen Zhang, we have invested in Chen Gong. We have to rethink. Okay, next. This is my mother. She's 80 years old. She went blind five years ago. Next. She's a lifelong learner, never been to school. And like I said, don't know fractions and don't know calculus. I think affirmation is powerful. Next. When I, she's a lifelong learner. I grew up in a HDB flat, one room, gangster area, never left the house to play because too many gangsters, no TV, never went to kindergarten. Primary one, she packed her bag and said, you are going to school. I said, what? What is school? She said, go there and play. For me, school is the same message I tell my kids. You are going there to play, to learn. 
quarrel, bully, be bullied, then come back, grow up. So, affirmation is so important. It's not hilarious play. It's serious play. Okay. When my A-level results came out, I didn't go back to my junior college to collect because I thought I failed. Someone collected for me, God's providence, my platoon mate from RI. Very good. He saw my results. He also teach you, boy. He said, wow, this guy, okay. Apply for medicine. He filled out the form for me. Somebody paid the $5 for me and I went for the interview. I got into medicine. I remember telling my mother, say, Mom, I got into medicine. She sighed. Because she knows that of her seven kids, I'm the one who cannot study. And she's right. I said, she told me, Tayat, no no money. It's very tough. I remember that time, she was washing clothes, no? To put in a washing machine. Because washing machine new, don't dirty it. Shh. <laughs> so, she told me, Hosanfu. I said, I guess we'll just take it. Nah. I had no idea where medical school is. I was shocked. At that time, as an OCS cadet, my drawn pay was $260. When I went to medical school, I was shocked. The lab code was $26. <laughs> 10 of my family salary. I said, wow, this is going to be a very expensive journey. But God is good. There was one girl who, was, who bought the official lab code and said, this one, don't, don't bring out her waist. She went to Taylor one, gave that one to me. So my mother told me, Leo Chito Yakinsi, you must know one thing. I said, What is it? She said, I don't need this face. I said, What do you mean? She says, I don't need the face to go to the market or to wedding dinner to tell people my son is a doctor. Then she said, You're my son, you're always my son. And that's what God tells us as we urge and cajole people, serve him, serve him, serve him. And God says in John 1, John chapter 3, Behold what manner of love the Father has lavished unto us, that we are called children of God. And we give our bread to him, he will take it, he will break it, and he will multiply it, and he gives it back to you. Next slide. So this ice cream stick, I was curious, why cannot freeze? Because ice cream stick is very lousy wood. It will freeze it it will, without ice cream, it will crumble and crack and twist and be useless. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. We are ice cream stick. We like to think ourselves as a bit more than lousy, cheap plywood, but, but by the grace of God, if you give it to Him, surround yourself with His works, then the ice cream is beautiful. We are not meant to be God's frozen people. We are God's chosen people to serve Him. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for family, for church, for this day where we can look at your word. Feed us, O oh Lord. Break us and use us to serve you. We bring our families before you, our struggles, our hang-ups, times when we have done wrong. But Lord, you take us and bless us. We pray for our siblings, our spouse, parents who who do not know you afresh. Lord, have mercy. Lord, touch our music ministry, touch our pastors, our cell group leaders, that Lord, your love will go out to them. And Lord, teach us again that Lord, we are your children. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.